drinking tea. I'm drinking my tea out of a soup bowl. We're munching on fennel seeds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're just having fun. We're just having a conversation. Who knows where it's going to go tonight? We just really don't know. Yeah, that's the fun of it. Buckle up. And thanks for having me again. Welcome back. Yeah. 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 yeah, so we've been kind of, um, not kind of, we've been talking about inversions, we've been talking about so many things. We we just completed an episode that we thought we were going to actually touch on several topics in that episode, and it turns out that the entire episode was centered around timelines and ancestral memory, and um, Bo called it at the beginning of that episode and was like, I think this is going to be a whole episode, and I was like, you think? And then we'll look at two hours later. So we've been looking at these other uh, topics and kind of going through them and all of us uh, kind of sharing the same sentiment because as we're looking at these topics and things that people have asked us to speak on, um, we're just realizing like how sticky and muddy and um, dense it gets when you start trying to articulate and define so specifically things like false light versus true light and you know um, self versus non-self and true (laughs) darkness versus fake darkness and it's like it starts to get really heavy you know because the mind wants to understand and then if we start putting words around all these things the more words we put around it the more we diminish the opportunity to just have some truth here in the space because truth is clear and simple. And I know we like to talk a lot about a lot of different things, but we're usually just like letting things unfold mm-hmm. in the space. And it's not that we don't have experience with these things because we do, but bringing them forward on the podcast has kind of felt like we were almost moving through quicksand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I think that this allows us the opportunity to be philosophers you know, mm-hmm. and like we're, we're we're not coming to you as like experts on anything. We're we're having conversations around existential questions that we also have. Yeah. You know, so yeah, we're just un- we're just unpacking stuff. Yeah, but do you have anything to say about inversions? Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just had to throw it. I mean, yeah. yeah in the context, um, I actually thought that that would be another thing. <laughs> That would, ha- it would require space for its own episode, and I think just like the last one too, I thought it would be valuable to share stories and personal experiences around yeah. these certain things. But yeah, I think the inversions in the context of <clears throat> false light versus true light. Um, I will say my experience of true light has been 
in its wholeness, what I would say wholeness, it's been a bit fleeting, to be honest. Um, in that actual tangible experience of true light or, I don't know, more specifically God <laughs> for me. And that has shown up in a few different ways and there's no way for me to really describe where I can describe it, the experience, but what those experiences did was actually dismantle things at a core level within me that I was holding on to as God. And as I actually had an experience of God, it like broke those things down and there was nothing I could do about it. Mm -hmm. There was no unseeing or unfeeling or relearning the things that got dismantled in those moments. And they have been more frequent, but still not common. And at the same time, not rare. So there's a few key experiences of God or um, not even of God in its entirety, but things that really helped me remember and put things in perspective uh, and compare them to the things that were being offered to me at the time as truth, as light, as the way out or as the way back. And they were... You know, these experiences really helped me understand, along with people in my life, but really helped me understand my core desire in my life. It wasn't anything, of course, that had to do with material um, possessions or material gain or value or worth or anything like that, of course. But then even like virtues and certain things that I wanted to hold within myself, certain ways I wanted to be, those things didn't even feel important anymore because all I wanted was God. All I wanted was to give all of myself back to whatever that was. And it wasn't whatever that was as in I'll take anything. Right. I still knew, even though I couldn't describe what that was, I knew how to go throughout my life at, after those experiences and say, well, that's not it. And it's not necessarily that if someone said, well, what is it? that I could be like, well, it's this, but I still could say that's not. And I couldn't really do that before having my own experience because up until that point, I was just taking other people's experiences and they resonated with me, but they weren't my own still. And, um, yeah, I think that that's kind of a, a background to what, ended up being my personal experience of true light. Uh, but it, not even in the sense of, I kind of want to get away from like light because even understanding that is kind of changing. Like we had in the conversation before. Yeah, I don't know. That's what I'm thinking too. When we're saying it's like, God is plasma. <laughs> like we're talking about true light versus false light. And we didn't even know how to really articulate the light body until just recently. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like we've been doing all this work. And all these conversations around true light, false light, blah, blah, blah. And it's like some of us are still <coughs> coming into a relationship with how, understanding how to even view the light body of well, what it actually is. And in the last episode, we were talking about ancestral memory and plasma intelligence being consciousness. And mm -hmm. God is a sapient consciousness from what we understand mm -hmm. so far. And what is sapient? 
sapient is one step further than sentient. So sentient is like capable of emotions or, or feeling and sapience is capable of abstract thought or rational thought, mm -hmm. complex mm -hmm. thinking. Mm -hmm. oh. So if we are, and we subscribe to fractality, then God would also have to be their God's their consciousness would, would have to, that. would have to be sapient also. And if ancestral memory is God is plasmic intelligence, then God isn't tr just true living light. It's plasma and plasma is matter and light. Mm -hmm. It's formless. It's a type of formless matter that's still structured, but also like not. <laughs> Yeah. You know what's really cool that you're saying this right now, sparking this in my mind as a really simple way for me to even look at what's false and what's true. It's like, for me, looking at it, it's false whenever it doesn't want to understand the principles that uphold what it says is true. In other words, there's concepts, right, <laughs> that get thrown out in the spiritual community. And for me, false light, if that's what we want to call it, or false truth, mm -hmm. is putting the concept out, putting the information out without understanding the substance that upholds that principle or that thing. So it's, it's ignorance mixed with potentially true information, but a lack of understanding of why it even exactly. exists to begin with. That's what I think about structure. It's chaos. Right. And that's why I think it's what we would call false light because yeah. it doesn't have anything to back it up and to go, it's this way because this is what upholds it. Mm -hmm. And we can't just say, <clears throat> well, I'm backing it up because in our previous conversations, we were just talking about how our experience can be colored by the trauma of the nervous system. Right. Well, it would also, things would also look, people do all kinds of like field updates. I can't even tell you how much I see people clamor mm -hmm. to have somebody post a freaking field update. And it's like, and I talked to the Lyrans and the Arcturians, and this is what I received. And there's this cosmic event going to happen. It's all fake prophecy in, in a lot of situations. And I don't mean to say that everything that they say doesn't happen or play out, but it's just like, it's playing in the realm of make-believe in, in, from the sense that the things that are being discussed or the information that gets brought forward, and they say, well, I saw this in the field, and they use that as their basis for the substance that upholds everything that they say. So people put their faith in someone else's psychic ability and their faith, whether they know it or not, we talked about what faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Yeah. So the faith of people in other people's alleged gnosis is what upholds the gnosis. But if anything changes, the faith is gone instantly and that said thing has no place to stand. That to me is what false light is. Well, and the faith is misaligned. Correct. Because faith doesn't need to be put in somebody else's psychic abilities. It needs to be put in your relationship with God. And <clears throat> it's fine if you have an experience and you see something in the field and you believe it to be true, but understand that belief is not always true. Exactly. It rarely is. And then it's like, if you see something and you say that you're going to bring it forward to people and share it as the truth because you experienced it or whatever in the field, 
then also ask for clarity on what it is that upholds that particular thing, because there is always something practical that upholds the truth. Mm -hmm. The truth is upheld by practicality. Just thinking about all the different things that I have seen or heard or witnessed and how real I felt those things were whenever I was in them. I think the word that keeps coming up for me is deception and feeling back into not how, like how confusing it was, how many things I felt like I didn't understand. And there were things that I felt like I did understand, but there were so many more things that I was hearing about or experiencing that I just couldn't explain. And yet, like I was saying earlier, is like there was something in me that just always wanted to know more. It was like put me on that pursuit of truth and understanding what truth was. And before this conversation, we were looking over different topics and I was kind of <laughs> retracing my steps after getting sober. Uh, and even before my DWI was like, my mom was really spiritual and spiritual in the sense of like new age teachings, because before she was in new age, she was spiritual in the sense of religion. So my understanding of what was God or what was light in this case, we can say light is, you know, God just for conversation's sake, but it was like my understanding of God was based on that religious indoctrination and the rigid, the, rigidity around what was being created. And my mom did a lot of, she used religion to create structure in our home because her parents did that same thing. And then she rejected it all out by the time I was a teenager and started going full on new age manifestation teachings and uh, law of attraction, you know, the secret motivational speaking. And she started doing a lot of public speaking and stuff like that. And, she started developing her own businesses and stuff. And that really had a major impact on me. And I didn't really understand what she was going through um, until I got a little bit older and started to, started to use psychedelics. And that was like very eye-opening for me. And I think it was just eye-opening for me. It wasn't, it was profound, but it still wasn't like healing because I was in a very toxic environment while I was doing all of these things. And I was, misusing like severely obsessively using psychedelic substances every single day for two years surrounding myself with <laughs> people who were also in active addictions and who were you know just the the roughest of them it felt like at times and uh i was totally entranced by the trippiness and I thought that I was so fucking conscious because I was having experiences on DMT and LSD and all these research chemicals and psilocybin, of course. But it was just like, I thought I was so aware. <laughs> but the psychedelics were using you. You weren't using it. Yeah, that. right. I, I got um, used. And I had some, what felt like profound experiences, but... I think that was my first 
understanding of false light was like looking at my psychedelics use and then being like, wow, this feels so airy fairy and so trippy and so wonderful and so close to God. Yet my life is completely in shambles. I'm in a horrible cocaine addiction, alcoholic uh, behaviors. And then I'm like really in trouble with the law and I have all these court cases going on and I'm getting evicted from my apartments and <laughs> crashing cars. It, it was just like, I mean, this is just kind of like the surface of the chaotic state that my life was in before I, got, I cleaned up and the psychedelics were like, well, at least I had God, you know, and it's like, <laughs> it was so silly. And, um, I was so serious about that. And I think that that's what deception does is it, I would go back to that point and I was so such a poster boy for shrooms and LSD at the time. And I see people who do the same thing. And I, I don't judge people for doing that because I remember how passionate I felt. I went to my parents and I was like, you guys. And of course my dad growing up in the seventies, eighties, nineties was just like, bro, I know what you're trying to do right now. Like, and he said something to me, even as like a 15, 16 year old kid, he was like, all that shit is already within you. And, and I didn't understand what that meant, but I was thinking, man, that's so deep, so profound, like, wow. And I was, I was just so lost. And so <laughs> fast forward to the 12 step programs, AA, I started doing inner child work, start working with like earth medicine, shaman, shamanism, and all of these different practices along with the clinical stuff, um, doing different kinds of therapies. And the inner child work was a bit more of a clinical setting than, uh, you know, things like the earth medicine, the shamanism and working with all of those ritualistic ceremonies. And so it was like, I think this is very similar to what a lot of people experience. It all came full circle because through the 12 steps, I started to hear all the time that God is everything or God is nothing. So basically being that everything comes from God or God doesn't exist, right? It was like this full on all or nothing sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But then in the same sense, being like God can be for that reason, anything that you need it to be, anything that you want it to be. Mm -hmm. And I hear this in Christian music all the time. It's like, you are who I need you to be. You're everything <laughs> I need you to be. Um, and so that was something that I kind of dove into and like accepted. And I think that's the thing is when we talk about inversions and false light and false ascension traps, it's because when I was in active addiction and I got clean and sober, it was so easy for me to hear somebody telling me this thing is trying to kill you. This addiction is going to destroy you if you can't get a hold of it or deal with it. And come to find out that was all about trauma, um, self-betrayal, things like that. The deception with the false light is that we're in such a desperate place to heal or find solution or find remedy or relief that anything could be offered to us, no matter how fucking crazy it might sound. And we'll say, okay, I don't care what it is. Any, like that's what, that's how I felt. That's how I ended up at that sober living community that I was at for almost two years. And it was like, I was only going to go for six months, but I was just ready to go. I was like, okay, I'll do anything. I thought there was going to be like Bible school whenever I got there. I didn't care though, <laughs> because it was six months of relief, six months of, I don't have to deal with my life anymore. Mm -hmm. So that was the first thing. 
this false light, this deception, what it does is it takes advantage of our vulnerability. Right? It happens every time. And I started doing inner job work. I got so much out of that. It changed my life. I started working in a 12 step program and I got so much out of that and it completely changed my life. It gave me so much structure in my life that I never had before and AA in the 12 step community and a codependence anonymous, you name it, that created community around me of like-minded individuals who were come to find out in their survival mode because it was life or death. Um, but there was fellowship there. And so this is what we talk about whenever we talk about false ascension pathways is they're containers where you can create an entirely new purpose inside of them. Mm -hmm. You can be a different person completely mm -hmm. and have some healing just enough to where you can make a home there. You can make a life there and you can just be there forever. All right, I'm talking about being surrounded by people who had been in AA 12-step programs for 20, 30 years, often, everywhere I went. And they would talk about people they knew who were in the programs for 30, 40, 50 years. Mm -hmm. That fixture of the room that sits in the same chair every meeting and says the same things every time. And everyone, for some reason, just has this great respect because they're the guru of AA. And they say the text right out of the Alcoholics Anonymous text. And it's just like, for some reason, there's this whole cult worship thing that happens in that space. But then I get out of that space. And I start to realize that this is happening pretty much in every healing circle, every healing community, every healing group. There's the words that make the impact. And every new person that comes into the space hears them for the first time. And they're, boom, entranced. Mm. And it's like... Whenever you walk into, this is probably what the people in Jonestown, that massive cult where everyone killed themselves. It's like you walk in and there's so much love and embrace and you're finally free from the pain that you were feeling, from the desperation that you felt. And it's a cool drink of water in a dry desert. It's like a cool drink of Kool-Aid. <laughs> yeah, the Kool-Aid. And, you, and you, you take a drink of it and for the moment it quenches you and it feels deeper than anything you've ever felt before. And so you think, this is what I'm, I'm here. This is my wellspring. Mm -hmm. This is my salvation. Mm -hmm. That's how I felt, especially because it was like the whole time with AA, it was like, well, your addiction is a disease that you'll live with for the rest of your life. And you need God or you need a higher power because everything you think is actually trying to kill you. Everything that you are trying to do for yourself, all the decisions that they used to say, your best decisions got you here. And they would use these mind control tactics to turn you against yourself right. and completely disembody you. So you say, oh, yes, you right. know what's best for me. I turn my life over to you. And it would happen to the programs, not even just to God. And so this was the deception because I found myself two years deep into AA, two years deep into inner child work, not being able to trust myself, completely separating myself from my family because I had learned how to create healthy boundaries. There were things that I really benefited from in these practices, but I found myself completely unable to trust 
my own connection with God because I turned everything over to quote unquote, a power greater than myself, which didn't even fucking matter what that was or where it was coming from. It just had to be something. You had to be able to talk about it a certain way. And then as soon as those beliefs got challenged, like you said, babe, I realized that I couldn't make decisions outside of this structure that I had created in my life. I couldn't make any decisions unless it was approved by a community. I couldn't make any decisions that was outside of that community that led me outside. And then I realized, Oh my God, I'm in a cult. And it wasn't talking about AA, but it was talking about a group of people specifically that came to agree on something. This is why we talk about community and stuff, because we have walked through this shit. Mm -hmm. We've walked through the spaces where we're in communities where people believe that what their cause is, their cause is so virtuous and that this is the model. This is the plan. This is what's going to work. We've seen it work for thousands, if not millions of people worldwide, things like this. And if it's not working for you, you must be fucking it up. <laughs> okay. Yet, I don't think people knew how to say that this isn't working for me because they've been turned against themselves. I didn't have the space to say, this is not working. Something in here is not right. Something in here doesn't make sense because there were a thousand other testimonials of somebody being like, I'm a yes man. This worked perfectly for me. And some people, okay. Right. And your history had already solidified the fact that you clearly don't know how to use good discernment and what's good for you and what's not good for you. So it's exactly just, the, it's the just very a spinning first... thing of you, again, just not being able to trust yourself and living in the fear of stepping outside of what they said was good for you or mm -hmm. anyone said it's good for you and messing it all, mm -hmm. it all up again. Well, you were so hungry for your structure. And then when you got the structure, you were afraid to question the structure. Yeah, but you said something as you were saying all of that. It was like hitting me in a very specific way, which is really good for me right now. Because I'm like even seeing some things within myself, just certain things that I'm going through right now. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, really sincerely, the false truth is the thing that propels us toward information and people and resource outside of ourself so that we put all of our hope and our faith in whatever that thing is because it says this works or because we see it a certain way and because what you said our fragility and our vulnerability and our um our lived mistakes that create certain scenarios in our life where we're just looking for reprieve we're just looking for relief we're looking for solution yes. and we go seek it in information and other people and all that and that's normal i mean right that's just how our human uh, mind works to go find the solution but we don't no one is teaching us to come here to right. come in here and start working on releasing the things that have traumatized us to start healing those old wounds and so we go seeking it out outside of ourselves because we hear something that sounds good we hear something that does resonate at a level and makes us feel relief and then we think that's where my answer is. Right. And then <clears throat> in that, here's the thing. It's really interesting because when you're saying this, I'm like, oh my God, it's not always, I mean, yes, the false light can be in the information. Absolutely. But the false light is actually the moment that we believe our answer is where someone else is giving it. That is the falsity. You know? mm. you yeah, know? that's what I'm thinking just listening to Bo's story about. And then you saying this kind of connecting dots too, because 
it just sounds like any anywhere that there's false light, which is whether you're getting it from drugs or AA or occult or timelines, it just seems like that encompasses abandonment of self. Like you've completely separated yourself Betrayed. because you have given yourself to something else. Right. And that <clears throat> perpetuates more trauma. And the trauma is simply that we are continuing to keep ourselves separate from who and what we are, from the truth that lives in us and from our relationship with God. And I'm thinking about, you know, in spiritual communities, I mean, I grew up in church, like how far back can we go to talk about false light? You know, really it's like, there's a, I had to move from thing to thing to thing, constantly looking for the thing that was going to set me free. The thing that would be freer for me to participate in. So let's talk about the other end of the spectrum that where people do go and get all of the information from themselves and there's nothing to back it up. And, and it's still false. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can see that. Well, they're not getting it. But they're, tra- they're, they're being informed by their trauma, right? And their patterns and their ego and their narratives and things like that. So it's not that you didn't need the support and the help in the situation that you were in, right? Because you did. You needed support. You needed help. And you were willing to do whatever, like you said, to get it. Because your life was in shambles at that moment, right? And so it was like, I'll take anything. And so then you found something that was helping you move out of that. But the false light or the false truth was that you needed it to sustain your life. Yeah, it, that's the, that was the deception <clears throat> is that I was there to get sober. And everything that I did was to prevent relapse. Right. It wasn't even to stay sober. And there's a, it's a, it may sound the same, but there's a subtle difference there mm-hmm. because the difference is fear and love. Right. Everything that I did was religious, uh, dogmatic ritual that was required to prevent going back to the darkness that I was bred and born in. And then the first thing that they would say was like, you're, you're born with this disease and you'll die with it. You'll always be an addict, all that shit. And I didn't believe that. Um, and there's, there's so many parts to this story. Like there's so many things that I look back on and I'm like, Oh my God, if I ever actually stood in my own power and took the advice that they were giving me, about what to do for myself in those wee moments where it's like, you can trust yourself. Another tenet of AA is to thine own self be true. <laughs> and if I ever did that, <laughs> I would have gotten up and walked out mm-hmm. of a meeting and never gone back. And you did. eventually. Well, yeah. I mean, my um, exit from the 12 steps was, uh, felt instantaneous, but it was a long time coming. And it was like, I was having another experience around, I think something that we mentioned in a part in a few podcasts ago about the origins of AA. And it's after I started to connect with Jody and then learn about MK ultra. And that is a deep dive in a rabbit hole. And 
people are welcome to learn more if they want the information's out there. But <clears throat> AA, and I will say all major religious pathways for that matter, including New Age, all stem from the same place. And <laughs> yeah, to think that they're any different yeah. at their core, I started to see, oh my God. Of course, in miracles was the same fucking way. Cause straight out of the frying pan into the fire of deception, it was like. But that's how we all do. We all move from <laughs> one one hot kettle to the next, jumping yeah. around, moving from this disaster to a less disastrous state. Yeah, what we think is less disastrous. But uh, no, I do want Danica to kind of flesh that thought out, though. Well, I was just thinking about what we were talking about earlier about you know how false light has no, like it doesn't have a substance to uphold it. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like there are two ends of the spectrum here mm -hmm. and at the opposite end of the spectrum, um, from what you have just said, Jody, where it false light is whenever you feel convinced that you have to look outside of yourself for an answer and that someone else is going to peddle to you. Mm -hmm. But the opposite end of that is where someone is isolating themselves, getting all of their information from what they believe to be a true channel within them. And it's, and it's all false. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, false so, light lives in extremes, right? That's what mm -hmm. I was thinking. It totally lives answer. in extremes. So it's either the extreme of, I get all my information outside of me and I, right. I am just a perpetual, you know, incessant student of the information and I gobble down everything I find online and I read the information from here and I take this person's word for it and I take this person's word for it and this person's word for it or the opposite end of the spectrum of I don't listen to what anybody else says. I just mm -hmm. go within to get all of my information and then I just count it all as true no matter if it's coming from trauma or anything else. And where else. are the checks and balances in that though? Right. So, so those are two extremes and that's right. what I'm saying. Those, both of those are false. Mm -hmm. Like what you're saying, that you, exactly what you said, the opposite end of the spectrum. Yep, exactly. That's the other end of the pendulum. It's false. Because we've said this so many times that the truth resides right here in this nice little even place. Because then in a um, moderate space, and I don't mean moderate from the place of apathetic where you don't give a shit. I mean moderate in the space of... <laughs> I mean moderate in the, sense that, in the sense that I do have a relationship with God and I'm choosing to cultivate that relationship and... I allow that relationship to evolve to the point that sometimes other people can say things to me, share things with me that affirm what it is that I'm receiving in my own space. I do not have to hold everything that I hear, receive, or feel as the gospel truth and there's no changing it, nor do I have to stand on a soapbox for everything I hear, receive, feel, or know, and tell everybody every little thought that crosses my mind. I can give myself the space to sit with it and then to be in community with other people where ideas can be challenged or they can be discussed or questions can be asked. conversations with people. Exactly. And becoming, like Bo says, shareable. Right. Dude, yeah. um, uh, my mind is like fucking reeling on all these memories of being in this community and anyone who listens to this, because I know that there are some people and you've been through the place that I'm talking about, um, which is where I met some of the people that I'm speaking about right now, but oh my God, you get there and they pair you up with your light buddy. <laughs> A light buddy? Dude, it's your light buddy. And 
false light. I guess I didn't realize that A. I guess I didn't realize that AA was religion based. <laughs> no, it's Masonic. Oh, uh, well, which is based kind of in religion, it's, but it's like her, dude, it's, it's like that weird same. intersection between hermetics and religion. It's secular, yeah. It's it's like the um, consciousness and evolution dependent on. It's not atheistic necessarily, but it's like, it, like it's DS secular whenever it comes to like deist. Mm-hmm. It's talking about geometry, so it is stemming from like the forefathers weren't atheists, but they weren't religious. They were what they called deists, mm-hmm. so they believed in a higher power, but mm-hmm. it was kind of debatable or negotiable what the higher power was. Mm-hmm. And the forefathers were Masons, dude. This so. goes <laughs> all the way back into the Masonic temples and lodges and. Not only just the the more the more recent things like AA and religion for that matter, but moving back into the cultures thousands of years old that helped seed the races of humanity that we know today come from these messianic practices and these guilds. And I'm not saying Masonic, but I'm saying messianic, which is all around the Messiah, which was a, about anointing. <laughs> and the oil and specific bloodlines and union rituals Mm -hmm. and cultures and races that brought those practices here to earth and then trickle, trickle, trickle down the river to, you know, the past thousand years, you have these organizations infiltrating civilizations and populations and then creating the foundations and fundamental structures of the civilizations that we know present day, education, medicine, and spiritual systems. Uh, this is like basically like saying Rockefellers developed all the education for the United States and uh, they run the world. But it, this is underneath all of that. That's like these spiritual foundational teachings that are rooted in geometry. This is a reference to Solomon's temple. This is in reference to the the Masons, the Freemasons. I mean, this goes back to the Cathars, the Templars, way, 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 way back, even before they came to Earth. And so AA is just a little tiny branch. It's a little leaf on the tree, Uh you know, and it's all the same (laughs) fucking um, beast of control. And so, yeah, all the major religions have, they shall share the same tree trunk as the leaf of AA. AA is just a tiny. And so um, I was thinking about my light buddy, not my specific light buddy, but the concept of the light buddy and turning over all of your sovereignty as soon as you walk through the doors. It's almost like the requirement of these places is, I mean, that's a first step in 12s. My life is unmanageable. I'm totally unmanageable. I don't know anything uh, that's good. Like, I don't have my best interests in mind at a core level. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I have to surrender. Like, the one, two, three is, like, every day. And so it becomes this dogma. And um, I'm thinking about crystals. Crystals and stones and rocks. And it was almost like at this community, they had, we had access to them. People wore them. People used them. It was, like, spiritual. You can practice whatever spiritual path what you want man your higher power okay that's your higher power i have my higher power man this is my truth you have your truth like all that shit that you just get so tired of hearing and it's like okay you know all right dude yeah but it was like there was a point where you, you come in and it's like they wanted to prevent this fixation around the crystals being like the higher power they were like 
crystals can't be your higher power. And it's like, well, come on, man. You literally sit, I sit in the rooms of AA and you're like, the chair that you're sitting on can be your higher power. But then like, you don't want to get fixated on the crystals and stuff. So depending on where you're at, you're exactly, it's mind control. Right. You turn over your sovereignty and this happens in a lot of different ways, not just in AA. So, oh no, because I got stories to tell. Exactly. This happens in quantum <laughs> healing. This is, this is what people do with their quantum healers. This is what AA members do with their sponsors. It's like, so, and this doesn't happen across the board, but these are extreme common examples. So even with the crystals, I'm thinking like not having access to the crystals or someone telling me like, you're not ready for that right now you're not ready to start using crystals and whenever you are just use quartz you know you're not gonna be able to go for like or tourmaline you're not gonna be able to like use these other crystals you just gotta start with quartz this reminds me of a conversation we had the other day about (laughs) leaders telling people that they're not ready to access certain things the other day they're not allowed to do this because they haven't been trained or trained properly or whatever yeah yeah it's making me think of I went through a uh, leadership program and that was the first thing that happened when the very first weekend we came together, it was like 12 people who didn't even know each other. And then they put us in buddy groups and we had to have a buddy. And this was a leadership program that I was in. This is all personal development. So I have traumatized the shit out of myself to try to become a better person. Um, (laughs) And they made us choose. They made us buddy up with someone in the room that was the most opposite of us because we had the most to learn. Oh my God, this is a a good one. And, And let me tell you, I got buddied up with a girl. Y'all, this is the craziest shit ever. I got buddied up with a girl who she and her husband did Tantra sex work for a living and would hold orgies where they would pass out Molly at their house for their spiritual work. That doesn't sound like spiritual work. It sounds like it's literally sounds like a sex club. It is. And, and I was told this was the person I could learn the most from. And I was like, what dude it was the weirdest experience ever and i kept beating myself up through the whole process thinking because you weren't able to get from them yeah (laughs) because i didn't want to i was like i don't (laughs) want any of that that is not me you know and um it was all it was all inverted it was all twisted up but i was supposed to learn something from this person and i just i have a great aversion to programs that insist that you be partnered up with people that assign you someone. We've talked about this before, but you saying that a light buddy, get the out of here with that nonsense because I've already been traumatized through that experience. And then I'm hearing that there are other programs and things in the spiritual community where people, someone that's overseeing the work decides how to partner people up and sets them on a path of, you're going to have a lifelong relationship with this person and they're doing work in your field, in the field. And I'm just like, what? No. Yeah. Yeah. The light, the light body thing was like the initial, as soon as you get to the rehab, it's just like, this is the person that helps you get your sheets, your pillow, your cup, get the lay of the land and kind of know how things work. Stays with you for the first couple of weeks. Make sure you don't like detox or freak out or leave or, you know, all that shit. And then you get paired up with what they call your peer, which is basically like your sponsor. But it's like, you know, they try. That's the thing. It's it's deceptive because they're telling you, they're justifying what they're doing. And it makes sense. Okay. All right. Makes sense to me. I don't know what's best for myself. Okay. Makes sense to me. I'm 
my my own worst critic. Okay, makes sense to me. Like I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Exactly, it's right there. I don't know because I obviously screwed myself up so bad that I landed here to try to fix my life. So I will let you tell me what's good for me, including pairing me up with someone that now I have to regulate my nervous system with and be in the field with or whatever, you know? And that is just, they can't, uh, yeah, I know. So I think one of the biggest things too that I should mention in respect to my own journey and to others is that it did help me at a level, all of this crazy, even though it sounds crazy and I know I'm like kind of, through a lot of this and I can look at it now and be like, that was fucking crazy, dude. But, and I, I will say, I would never suggest that anyone go do that. I would suggest something else, but it was like having gone through that and then navigated so much of what was true and what was false. And there were some things that were like, yes, this works for me for now. The thing about the false light is that, like you said, truth is everlasting. And it doesn't need to be, it doesn't have to go out of the way to prove itself. It doesn't have to strong arm you to be like, look, I know what's best. Would you just submit? <laughs> it doesn't do that shit. It's just everlasting. And by the time everything else fell away, I mean, moving through the years worth of inner, like focusing big time on wounded inner child work, codependency, going through hyper independence, thinking that I was supposed to be this like, supreme healer and then the breakdown of that and being like oh now i'm in studying a course in miracles and then uh every still thinking that god is everything or god is nothing and thinking that evil doesn't exist what you said about parent having a pair with somebody mm -hmm. that's like <laughs> your quote-unquote opposite but it's like you're more alike than you realize and that kind oh of thing god, it's like there are there's some truth in all of this and yet it's like there's an unwillingness to acknowledge something that's very loud. It's like the elephant in the room yeah, and then people try to acknowledge it and be like, no, this is fucked up. Right. It continues to perpetuate people being able to trust themselves so that they live in a level of distrust because they say things like, you know, this is the person that you need to be partnered with because they have something to teach you. You're more alike than you realize. And you're sitting there wanting to heal. And so you're like, well, I must not know myself good enough. And so well, it's forcing, again, it's manufacturing a connection, forcing alignment, forcing, forcing a dynamic. But here's the thing. <clears throat> here's the thing that I tell people about false light. It doesn't mean that there's not some truth. Validity. in it, Right. And it doesn't mean that it's not applicable for or, or valid for short term application. Right. Because lots of times these things end up being a stepping stone, oh, a type sure. of tuition that we're paying yeah. to gain <laughs> wisdom. And sometimes the tuition's fucking expensive. Yeah, we just don't. But, that. you know, I mean, I've done, uh, you know, I used to do like tarot readings and stuff like that. <clears throat> I mean, before my page was Subtleties of the Self, before it was Oracle, Oracle it was Basic Witch Botanicals, it was a witchcraft shop. Mm -hmm. I did, I had stuff for spellcraft. I did tarot readings and all of that kind of stuff. And I, I believe that it was valuable as a stepping stone. Mm -hmm. There were things that I learned through that practice that have helped me in, uh, you know, my, my, my relationship with plants. There were things that helped me kind of hone some of my abilities as far as like, you know, 
do like reading cards and things like that, um, learning to tap into people's energy and things like that. It, it helped me to hone some of my skills. But when people ask me about it, like you said, Bo, I would suggest something else. I don't right. suggest, you know, people practice right. witchcraft or, uh, <laughs> you know, go dive into, you know, Oracle decks and tarot decks and things like that. Mm -hmm. However, if they choose to, I don't, I'm not going to judge them because right. these things are just stepping stones to get to where they're going. And oftentimes some people do have to pass through the gates of these things in order to gain the wisdom right. and come out the other side, whether it's to walk, be able to walk people through it themselves because they've already navigated it or whether it's just to gain, you know, personal wisdom. And, but mm. yeah, it's a uh, short term application. The, the moral of the story, the story of the, of the morning here <laughs> is that it's not sustainable. Right. It's valid for short-term application, and that's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think when the people that we work with, there's always a disclaimer that's like, understand what you are searching for first. Mm -hmm. That's always one of the first questions is, what do you want? You know, what are you needing? What do you need? What are you feeling? Most of the time, whenever people come into a space of seeking healing, they can't even identify what they need. Mm -hmm. and most of the time from what we see by the time we get down to it what we need is the same right we need to feel safe we need to have our needs met <laughs> you know we need to be safe that's pretty much it we need a, a place that we can go where we're provided for where we have our needs met where the people that we love are taken care of in the same way things like that and then there's always a disclaimer because i think um if I look at my journey, there were times that if you told me, like if I listened to this podcast two years ago, I'd be like, these guys are fucking dangerous. Like, <laughs> <laughs> How fucking ironic is that, dude? So ironic. I've been called worse. <laughs> I swear, though, you know, I would be like, no, these guys are lost. They don't get it. They're not getting it. But having go walked, and that's something that whenever I first started talking about Christo Sophia on Facebook a year and a half ago, people would hit me up, and I've seen them do it to you too, Danica. Like they would hit me and Jody up and be like, Have you guys ever considered that maybe there was like more, like a more inclusive, like more uh, yada, yada, yada? And I'd be like, Dude, it, it's not a dismissal of them doing that, but they do it in a way of like, You're basically lost if you're speaking this confidently about anything. And it's like, yeah. well, here's what I've walked through. You know, like here are the things that I really thought I was sure about. And those things, whenever the truth came and gripped me in my heart and soul and set me free, it hit a lot closer to home than I even wanted it to. Mm -hmm. And that's the disclaimer that we give to people is like, well, if you're really seeking God, if you're really seeking the truth, it's not something that we can impart to you. We can share the space. We can support you through it. We can help you identify certain things and just hold you through that as peers. But <laughs> don't be surprised <laughs> when this comes and helps you see inside of yourself the things that you wouldn't have looked at before. Because that's exactly what has happened over and over and over. I feel like we organically move through things like active addiction and psychedelic use, occult sobriety, 
false light, moving into uh, aura study, crystals, tarot cards, astronomy, these things that aren't necessarily... Do you mean astrology or astronomy? Uh, maybe astrology. Astrology. The okay. study of. Like but, the zodiac? Yeah, like zodiac horoscopes and things. Um, or any of the above. I don't think that these things are necessarily evil in their nature or, or what. It, I don't think that they're evil. I don't think that they're bad. I don't think that they're wrong. And I have seen them be put to the test in the light of the truth. And they crumble on their own. They crumble on their own in massive ways and i have seen people including myself who have been who have held so hard and fast to something to be the truth and it falls apart whenever actual truth is expressed and then they have a cognitive dissonance and a crisis <laughs> it is a crisis but it's a freedom it, it, yeah, it may be a crisis if they want to hold on to the delusion. But like for me, I mean, that's what it was. It was like, as soon as I was so afraid to start speaking about AA in the way that I can now, but it's like, once I did, oh my God, it literally, it literally wasn't defining me anymore at such a deep level. And it was like years and years and years. I learned I was a fucking poster boy for it. And I talk about it still now because such it was such a big part of my journey and it still feels like kind of relevant because there are people who are, who I know from the 12 steps who still reach out to me and they like listen to podcasts or they want to know how I'm doing right now. And the common thread was that we were into 12 step programs together. Mm -hmm. And so that thing has changed. And of course I express that. And it's like, there's not never usually that much of a relationship anymore. I do have a couple of uh, friends that I'm still friends with, but they're also not a part of AA anymore. And so it's like those dynamics didn't, re they didn't last. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's making me think so many things. Like you said, Danica, you know, it's like the, the momentary experiences of what we now call false light, which is the funny, funny thing about it is that we will look back, right? We'll just turn around and look at all the things we've been through and been like, yep. And there was truth sprinkled in there, right? That's why we can benefit from the experience because there was truth in all those places, but there's a lot that we have outgrown. There's a lot that we understand at a different level. And so then we're just like, okay, and now we leave that where it is and we evolve. And there's more to come. There's <laughs> going to be more that we're going to understand as false light. I'm right. sure. Right. Eventually. Can we identify some worldwide or if not worldwide, some highly influential false ascension traps in our, from our viewpoint. Ascension glossary. Ascension glossary. What about <laughs> ascension oh. glossary? How complex and complicated it is and all of this stuff around ETs and the narratives and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like all of the false light um, conversation, I'm saying false light cause that's how it always gets coined, but the information around all of that, 5D, 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 5D. I don't think people really understand what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. And it becomes like, this is our aim, 5D. Here's the problem that I have with Ascension Glossary is that people go there, like you say, Jody, to search for truth, to look for something. Half the time, they're not even understanding what they're reading because it's so written in jargon that 
people can't even comprehend it. It's like, you may as well be reading Chinese whenever you look at it. It's just so nebulous that no one can even grasp it. And the problem that I have with, aside from that, is that even whenever I talk about God with someone, I always tell them, I'm not here to tell you what God is because even whenever I share my experience with you, I'm only approximating the truth for you because you can't live vicariously through me. You can't know God through me and you can't know truth through me. I can tell you what it's like for me, but you're going to have to experience and have that, you know, seek through you on your own, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so what I see is that people are knocking religion and doctrine in the Bible and then turn around and regurgitate Ascension glossary as if it is their Bible or their doctrine. <laughs> and it's it's the same thing. And they don't know what they're saying. They there's no life behind what they're saying. There's no experience. There's no wisdom behind what they're saying. There's right. no lived experience. It's they're just, just regurgitating information mm-hmm. and buzzwords. Yeah, it's titillating to the mind and it's like, ooh, look at this. And it, 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 it continues to keep people out of their body, honestly, out of their, out of any anchored space because, yeah, it's just. Well, and they are just so sure that all of it is the truth, but to me, it really feels AI. Mm-hmm. And that's, reg- and, and it doesn't matter what I think, you know what I mean? To me, it feels AI, but that's my experience. But I just, the people who are just so. Uh, espoused to Ascension Glossary. I want to say too, um, there was somebody that I followed on Facebook for a while. And if I said this person's name, people would be like, oh, I'm pretty sure I know who that is. Most people would probably know who this person is because they had a big following. But for a long time, last two years, I would read their posts on Facebook and I would be like, what the hell did you just say? It was so fragmented. And they don't like to use proper grammar in their sentence. And it's like, you know, take care of own self and do this for own self. It's like, what are you, what is the language you are speaking? Because here in English, this is how sentences are formed. You know, this is fifth grade English class. And it was really bizarre to watch that happen. And what's interesting is I watched an evolution over time of that person's expression, even through Facebook. And recently I um, read something that they posted and they had been kind of absent from uh, social media for a while and just kind of popped back up. And I read their post and it was so much more grounded and so much more clear. And they were sharing that they had been through a traumatic experience. And it was like shaking all of this nonsense off of them. And they were talking about pathologies and personalities and things they've been holding on to and all this stuff. And they were like relinquishing it. And it was wild to witness that kind of process. And I was like, oh, the more you hold on to all of these ET, extraterrestrial, you know, the timeline stuff we've talked about and all of that, it's like, it tends to pull you so far out of your body. You cannot properly communicate with people. And so it's hard to understand like what you're saying. And then they, people try to act like, well, that's because we've evolved. We're, we're in such a higher dimension that you can't <laughs> even keep up with us. You know and It's like, well, no, it's like, I don't understand what you're saying because it doesn't actually make, 
There's no logic behind it. There's no logic behind it. But what I was saying is the people who are so espoused to Ascension Glossary, I would like to see them <laughs> not regurgitate, but really try to... Uh, maybe I lost my thought. I don't know. <sighs> Let me think about this for a second. Like apply it? Like practically apply? Yeah, I just, you know, I, I, I'm i sure people to like try to form a relationship with the information that they're reading and it's impossible they can't right because it's really coming from a psychic place right there's a lot of energy updates um field updates you know what it reminds me of it reminds me of scientology because scientology came from ron l hubbard mm -hmm. and he was a science fiction writer mm -hmm. and essential glossary reminds me of that mm -hmm. and the reason i brought this other uh, individual up is because they're writing or l ron hubbard whatever yeah. his name was yeah l ron because this person most reminded me of the kind of writing style and information sharing that I would witness through Ascension Glossary. I tried a few times to read that stuff, but every time I'm like, what is going on here? What is being said? I don't know. It sounded like a foreign language. It was really like so disjointed to me when I would read it. It was like mm -hmm. to so much technicality and so much lingo and, and, you know, and then you'd have to click on words to find out what that word means. And what does that word mean? And then, you know, it's like you get lost in a rabbit hole on I, that website. That was the only thing that I have because there's been a lot of stuff that I've like referenced there <laughs> and it's been very validating for me and the things that I was experiencing. And at the same time, there were, it was like, there's things on there that you can only reference from that space mm -hmm. and there's no cross reference and there's, no, it's like its own anchor point. Yeah, but it's you know what I mean? It's like, as such a, like a, a text like a, of authority. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It, that's what we talked about with the Bible, too. Mm -hmm. It creates its own anchor point, and it has all of its own information, all of its own references, all of its own characters, timelines, and stories. So even more, um, what about modern medicine? Ascension oh. timelines. What are you talking about? Like false light and modern medicine? Well, the first things that I'm thinking about too, as far as like false ascension timelines are going to be um, transhuman agendas, mm. like the artificial intelligence agendas, mm -hmm. yeah. transhumanism, mm -hmm. uh, interstellar species advancement. I'm specifically thinking about Elon Musk and Neuralink. Yeah. That, yeah, like the transhumanism mm -hmm. and that yeah. implanting. And I would say that, by and large, there's probably a lot of people that we're personally connected to in this quote-unquote community that, you know, do not, do not necessarily subscribe to the Elon Musk agenda or to these other things. I think people feel like... Um, what about social justice is another false ascension mm -hmm. timeline. Bullying is not activism. It's like the social justice, and that falls into the trans. I mean, this is just from my point of view, my perspective. What's well, the extremism that we're talking about? It's extremism, but it's also like cre it's yeah. But they're trying to act like the extremism is actually inclusiveness, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what's it's, so it's messed up, right? It's very divisive and not at all inclusive um, because it becomes its own uh, clique, virtue. Yeah, its own little that's... closed club. That's what's going to be pretty much at the core of all of the false ascension or any deception is going to be virtue. It's going to anchor it in, which is, I mean, that's, thing. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, QAnon, this is what we saw with vaccine, no vaccine. This is what we saw with masks, no masks. It was literally like, if you could anchor in, this is what we see in race, no race, you know, black, white, native conversations, like what, what we've been having, what we had earlier, mm-hmm. just like pulling the race card. It's always a virtue anchored argument. And if I can prove my virtue harder than you can, <laughs> or if I can make my virtue sound more virtuous, I mean, that's the whole thing around spirituality. Mm-hmm. Whenever we watch that video, how spiritual people argue, yeah. it's literally <laughs> going in circles about who's right based yeah. on, yeah, who has more pure intentions or right. who, and it's like, man, I, I had this guy come up to me at the skate park the other day and he was like, so what do you do, man? And it didn't even matter that he wanted to know what I did. He wanted me to answer him so he could tell me what he did. So he could tell me that he works out a lot and he goes to church and, and okay, not anybody that goes to church, dude. But as soon as it, it was just like the push, the push, the push, the push, the push. And anytime I expressed like where I was at, he was just like, no, nah, man, that's a lie. Like that's the, that's the devil, bro. Like demons try to, and I'm just like, dude, Get the fuck out of my face, dog. <laughs> I'm trying to skate. <laughs> and it was like, I swear, that's happened twice. And shout out to Elder Lathern because he didn't push any spiritual beliefs on me. And he just wanted to skate. Um, doing his thing out there. And I, that's the thing. It's like, I don't knock anybody for being on their fucking spiritual game, being on their spiritual journey, their spiritual path and seeking and, or whatever. But... Like, like we say in the disclaimer, people who we work with, it's like, I'll work with you right now where you're at. I will meet you there. Mm-hmm. But know that whenever you want to be in relationship with the truth, it may hit closer to home and it may shake some things up that you really didn't anticipate letting go of. And we aren't saying that to say, because we're the bringers of truth. Straight we're up, just because saying we went through this. Right, exactly. we're just saying that here we are being willing, you know, for God to also move in our life. And the truth will have its own interaction and relationship with you if you are willing. And that's it. I, I think it's funny how people always want us to identify that this is the truth. Like, tell me what the specific truth is. What's the sentence that is the yeah. truth? You know, it's like, no, that's not how the truth works. Mm-hmm. I guess another, I mean, I don't guess, I feel like I'm, yeah, what else? I know keep, that keep a, another false ascension pathway would be religion. That's an obvious mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. An obvious one. Um, uh, so we've covered some sciences and so, and that's the thing with the, the false ascension and deception is everything that you can name as deceptive is going to have some truth in it. And so there may be, dude, this may be a very reactive audience that we have to this episode. Um, there can, there can be a lot of controversy that comes from this episode. There can be a lot of activation, a lot of triggering, a lot of pain that comes to the surface just from participating in this, listening this episode and just talking about these things. Some of the things that we're talking about, people may be actively practicing, which we're not sitting here saying you need to stop doing this, you need to stop doing that. I think the experiences that we've shared are solely to illuminate the deception that we have been trapped in. I know that's, I can definitely say that. Well, that's what makes it deception is that there is some truth in it. Otherwise, it wouldn't be deceptive. Right. right. So, and, I, and I've learned some powerful truths that have rocked my world from mm-hmm. some very false light people. 
think, we, I think it's, it's fair to say like, not what is deceptive, but what are some things that we thought were truth? And then where has the deception been that we didn't, that we had to like navigate? Well, I know we keep bringing this up like a, like a broken record, but I think most recently a layer of false light got pulled back around my, uh, adoption of a spiritual moniker. You know, that I recently, I feel like a broken record saying this, but it's just so applicable with everything that we're talking about. Well, I think you, I think you saying to me what you did the other day about that experience, the initial experience that you had in that very like, quote unquote, spiritual awakening moment where you were literally told like, you have to abandon all these aspects yeah. of yourself, accept your spiritual identity. It was like, mm-hmm. well, even the same person that told me that too had something to say about like me practicing martial arts because it was violent and all this kind of stuff. And I'm just like, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. I, <laughs> just do fun stuff. <laughs> but I don't know. Just be a human. Okay. Yeah. That's well, that's, what the, that's the thing. It's like, I, ex- I want to exist in the nuance I, that's where I want to be. I don't want to be in this place where I live in fear that whatever is happening is like going to send me to some fucking spiritual purgatory or something like that. You know what I mean? Or that I can't, I can't do martial arts because it perpetuates harm and violence or whatever, you know, like, I, I don't know. It just, it's, exactly. it's too complicated and I don't want to be that it's serious. It's not sacred anymore. It's right. Serious. I was just thinking about it today. It's like, we're talking about false light and true light or whatever the heck we're talking about at this moment to calling these things. But it's like imagining that you could spend so much time in the ether and in the field and doing quantum field work and grid work and all this stuff. But then the same people are like, we need to be connected back to the mother. We need to come back to the earth and love the earth. And it's like, well, which do you want to be on the ground or in the fucking air? Where do you want to be? Do you want to be on this planet or in outer space? Yeah. Like, which <laughs> is it? And people be like, well, you can do both. Well, can you? Because I haven't yeah. seen anybody do it. Well, but that's the thing. But then when it comes to what's good for it, it's good for thee, but not for me. Because when it comes to other people, then it's like, you can't do both. You have to be one or the other. You can't exist in the nuance. And it's annoying and it's incongruent. And, but yeah. And grandpa used about, to say people were so heavenly minded. They were of no earthly good. <laughs> Well, and just talking about the adoption of the spiritual moniker, I know I keep bringing that up, but it's like that is the most recent example of a layer of what we would call false light that I peeled back on this community because it's something that a lot of people participate in. They adopt a spiritual name because they feel like it makes them more legit. Like it legitimizes them. It bolt. I, I don't. I don't know why. I don't know why they do it. I, I've heard I, many different things. I've heard people say that they do it because they've been directed by God to do it. Yeah, and that they me, think that it keeps them safe. I yes. So there was one reason why I did it because I didn't want my biological name connected to the work that I was doing because I lived in a state of fear of people finding out about this path that I had taken in my regular real life, in my muggle life, mm-hmm. right? In my normal <laughs> life. So that's fear-based. That's not of God. Right. The second thing was that I felt like, for whatever reason, it made me feel more connected to whatever identity I was trying to adopt that wasn't Danica. And right. so when, <laughs> right. <laughs> and so when I finally had that moment of realization where I peeled off that, it was like a film of false light that was barely even noticeable 
You know what I mean? Because I guess maybe because it was normalized in the community, I don't know. But when I finally recognized what was happening to my consciousness, how it was being fractured because of it, I would say that adopting a spiritual name and overlaying another identity over the one that you already have is another false ascension pathway. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. This is bringing up so much for me too, because I'm thinking about, really I'm thinking about my own experience, but also in facilitating session work for other people and getting to see, getting to witness how many things we don't have any context for. It. And then by the time we start feeling in, in those sessions, in those private spaces, start saying, okay, this is going on. I feel like this is happening. And then start asking people questions about their past experiences, or if there may even be something so clear and blatant as like, well, you have this entire thing plugged into your head or your back or your spine, or one of your organs or your hips, and something's messing with your feet or your legs. And uh, you know, you want to start clearing these things out, or this is connected to a matriarchal line or a patriarchal line, or this is connected to your daughter, yada, yada, yada. Come to find out, <laughs> these people actually had an experience with a palm reader or uh, some sort of Reiki practitioner or mm-hmm. some sort of um, religious experience or they felt something in church or they felt something after they took the essential oils that they took or <laughs> they read something online and didn't, like we were talking about essential oils and like burning holes and boom different organs and body parts and stuff like, Oh my God. But at some point it was just like, let's just drink water for two weeks and be so enlightened. And it's like, well, let's get information about what the body actually needs. Not what someone says is going to work for you. And it's just like, what does your body need? Do you even know your blood type? You know, it's just like, let's start from there. And just like basic things like that. It's like, wow, how many solutions or quick fixes and maybe not even quick fixes. I think that's what we're seeing with a lot of the metabolic uh, conversation around nutrition and the physical bodies, like really helping clear up a lot of bullshit that I think we all, but many people have been uh, like we personally, but also many people have been kind of swimming and wading our way through and just kind of like dredging through the mud. This is happening not only with people in their nutrition and what's right, what's not right, what's good today, what's not good today, which minerals, which vitamins, which supplements do I take, which yoga practice do I do? Mm-hmm. It's also happening on the energetic levels, which which music do I listen to, which binaural frequencies are going to best help me sleep or best help me attract money and abundance. And like, oh my God, it's so much bullshit <laughs> that leaves me. I swear, I said it today. It was just like, wow, whoever knew healing would be just such a shit storm, <laughs> you know, just information. It's like nonstop, nonstop, every single day, every single day. And people are having such a unique experience for themselves. We each have such a unique experience in our spiritual path. And what makes us alive for real? Like what really makes us alive? What really makes us feel back to ourselves? And we don't even have to be able to describe what those things are, but those are the things that spiritually I think would be required for health and then how to complement, like we talked about in a couple episodes ago, was just like how to complement those things or find the right mixture um, tangibly or practically. Yeah. How can I bring this and like complement the spiritual work that I'm doing or complement the tangible practical thing that I'm doing because spiritual 
practice is practical. And tangible mm -hmm. modalities are supposed to be spiritual. Because otherwise, why are we doing them if they're not giving us life? Yeah. This is what Jody and I were talking about the other day when we said God is math. God is physics. God is music. God is all of these mm -hmm. aspects that we learn about as compartmentalized and separate. And we learn them without the context of God. But God is those things. Mm -hmm. And so math and physics, music, all of these things can be spiritual. Two other false ascension pathways. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Angelics. Ooh. I thought of the angelic <laughs> and starseed. And starseed. <laughs> the like, beloved yep. agenda and the 144,000. That's what you're talking about, high angelic. Skirt, skirt, which I think all play into main character syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's the deception do you feel like that's around 144 or the um, high angelic or starseed? Well, the, uh, the thing that I see that, that's a problem with it is that it's constantly telling people where you are and who you are and what you are is not good enough. You need to be in this group of people over here so that you can be saved from eternal damnation and cataclysm. And you're the only hope for the world at large if you're a part of this group. And it's the same thing we always say. It's like that feeling of... You know, if someone tells you like, oh, well, the person you're with is actually not your beloved. You need to be with so-and-so person. That's actually the person you're supposed to be with um, instead of letting people have their journey. And it makes people feel like where I'm where I am is not good. I'm supposed to be somewhere else other than mm -hmm. where I am. And so it creates all of this um, like unnecessary longing in people, which gets fed on. Right. Mm -hmm. It creates hopelessness. It creates this gap of longing and that longing gets siphoned it gets used mm -hmm. and so well and it, it divides them too and pulls them farther from relationship right God. right it's like all of this is meant to pull us apart it's not putting us together now it may be putting people together in clicks in online groups and in affinity circles which where is not devotional bonding it's trauma bonding it's all trauma bonding so what's the truth in it what? Like if there's deception in these things and they're false ascension pathways, what is the truth in all of that? Like what is it that actually people are resonating with? What is it that hits people when they're the like, union. yes, this is me. This well, the is union what is what is true. Right. Because the union is the law. Right. But whenever the union is manufactured by someone matchmaking in a fantasy land, then it's not, it becomes false. Right. Like the high angelic agenda is like, the truth in it is that people are longing for the healing that releases them from their bond of trauma that has bound mm -hmm. them to this planet and to this earth. So they're looking for the opportunity to go, oh, over here is where I find my wholeness. Right. Well, well, and it's a savior program too. And so the truth in that is that we are our own saviors through our own relationship with self to find God through the self mm -hmm. because God is the savior. Right. The false, the lie in it is that it's outside of ourselves and someone's coming to deliver us from our right. crappy existence. You know? Mm -hmm. And then the star seed agenda, the truth in that is that the planet was seeded. Exactly. <laughs> but, but, uh, and that we do have galactic origins yeah. in our DNA because. But, yeah, I do, but the whole concept <laughs> of star seeds that people are like, I am commander in chief of Arcturus and all this walk ins stuff. and stuff like that. Yeah, all of this other stuff is facilitating disembodiment, though. Mm -hmm. You know, and so 
uh, I guess when it comes down to it, none of that actually really well, matters. And the other truth is, in, in my estimation, is that the star seed agenda makes people feel like, well, I'm not from here. Mm -hmm. So good news is, even though I'm in a human body, I'm not from here. So I don't have to own all this trauma or be bound by it, right? Again, comes down to trauma, comes down to mm -hmm. healing. So the truth of that is that we're not bound by our trauma and we are not meant to be enslaved by our slaves. So they don't want to be bound by their earthly trauma, but they want to glorify other timeline trauma. What do you mean? And become like, I'm special because of this. Oh, Does this happen to saying. me in another timeline? And it may be this person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Another false ascension pathway is the multidimensional experience. Because <laughs> the truth is that we are multidimensional, but the lie is that we're multidimensional and existing in all of these other dimensions outside of ourselves whenever actually we're supposed to be consolidating all the dimensions in the present and now, the dimensions of the self in the present and now, and anchoring them into the yeah. third space. Yeah, the multidimensional <clears throat> self is not like, um, not necessarily like, you know, 1D, 2D, 3D, 4D, 60 Like we have you're, split uh, yeah, personality. Yeah, you're not existing all out there yeah. and outside of the body and all of these other places. It's that all of the dimensions of the self, which would be like your physical dimension, your energetic dimension, your spiritual dimension, your mental dimension, your emotional dimension, mm -hmm. are all existing at one time, not separated from one another. And the point of integration is the plasma vortex in the heart. Mm -hmm. And the true multidimensional experience is embodying all of them all at one time, being a multidimensional being right. now in the present. And I think this is a tricky one because we're coming up on two hours of this conversation. And I'm about to bring forward something that is possibly an even uh new episode or bigger topic, or we can throw it in there. I've mentioned it before. I know we started that timer is at almost two minutes. We started at like half an hour, I think. Or mm -hmm. something. Yeah. But what you just said, Danica, I agree with and disagree <laughs> because I think that in wholeness, we're in, the, in exactly what you said, like, existing from this center point that's like our anchor it's almost like our body is our anchor and to build relationship like you're talking about build relationship with our body and be in that we actually have access to navigating the multi-dimensional experience not even that we're separated and fractured out or that we have this higher self that is a part of our true organic ascension path and like being in conversation and relationship with these different aspects of yada 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 um past, present, future selves, all that. <laughs> but I have seen where, and read about, but I've seen military and government experiments, including extraterrestrial activity that is geared around almost like the sunken place in Get Out. We've talked about it, trauma-based mind control programming, uh -huh. where the trauma and abuse is used to eject the consciousness from the body and the light body in order to hijack that vessel, but then also store the organic consciousness like you talked about earlier, Danica, or maybe it was in the last episode, I don't remember, taking that organic consciousness and plugging it into a, uh, an artificial container and then creating all these branch timelines from mm -hmm. that consciousness. Mm -hmm. It becomes like the battery of the life force for 
the AI timelines, mm -hmm. which AI is basically like AL, artificial intelligence, like anti-life or artificial life. Um, and so these things are happening and I've had experiences with that, with this, I think like we, we all have in some sense, maybe not we all as in every person on the planet, but I know that there are many who are processing and dealing with coming back into wholeness, retrieving pieces of their soul or their consciousness from these high-tech extraterrestrial military experiments where these timelines, these programs are built on trauma that's happening, but it's also allowing for the consciousness that's ejected from the body or harvested from the body during that trauma to be put somewhere else or used somewhere else to further advance, further cultivate soul for the beings that can't actually cultivate it for themselves. So what, what is, is this the part that you're saying you disagree with? I was saying, oh yeah, I was saying that I disagree with the aspect that currently it's like organically. I think that yes, we all exist right here, not even necessarily in this body for, but from a central point where we're not fractured. We don't have all these different aspects. I'm thinking about the higher self and I'm thinking about whenever I felt like I was, um, speaking or communicating with a higher self or higher beings. And then also hearing testimonials, seeing it in our session work where people have communicated with higher beings, higher selves, uh, the astral hijacking and the walk-ins and things like that, that people experience or go through. And, and then also tracing those things back to DARPA and IARPA and like the military experiments that are going on where they intentionally plant these alter identities, alter egos, higher selves, alternate dimensional experiences. Uh, so, okay. So I just want to, I feel like I'm a little bit confused right now. I, but, I am too. But let me be clear because I, I think, let me say that the true multidimensional experience, I'm not saying that it can't be both where we also exist in other places. But I think that the first one that I was talking about, the true multidimensional experience in the present now, the dimensions of the self and the integration point in the plasma vortex of the heart has to be a prerequisite before we can actually go in other dimensional spaces. Well, but I also, I just want to throw this in because what you're describing is manufactured. Right. It's mm -hmm. we're talking about the organic aspect of us. And so, I hear what you're saying, I think, in terms of like, there are people who have these experiences where there are different versions of themselves in other spaces that are not here mm -hmm. on, on the planet, or they've been used right. in experiments or whatever, but their consciousness, exactly what you said, has been extracted and forced into these situations. So it's not really like they organically exist in multiple dimensional spaces all at one time, even though allegedly there are stories of people who've had these things happen to them and they've been put in situations where what you said, an alternate version of them has been created. Um, and they exist and are running a mission on some planet somewhere or in some secret program or whatever. I'm just, what I'm saying is like, I think what Danica is sharing about the multidimensional experience is what's valuable to us here and now, not to discredit if someone has, had these experiences or feels that they've had these experiences and, you know, are trying to make sense of them. But 
I think those experiences are manipulated. Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. that's what we're attempting to help people move out of, not not to not heal that, if there's been some kind of nonsense happen to them. But I think the process it. of coming into that true multidimensional experience is the process of healing. We yeah. don't organically exist in all these different dimensions at the same time. Well, I think that, Do you think I that think we that organically we... exist in a body then? Well, if we're, I mean, I mean, what? some people do and some people don't. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> do we, like, were we organically born here? Are we supposed to be in a body? Like, that's what embodiment and soulment is. I think I'm just thinking about the word organic and the things that we've talked about here before as far as, like, seeing the body as GMO. All I don't see the body as organic. I see the body as a vessel or, like, a center point, like what you were talking about. It's like a center point, an anchor point for us to retrieve the things back, bring them back, but... Whenever we come back into wholeness, I don't think that the body is going to be a part of that. Do you think that it, the process of the process of healing the trauma would change what the body is? Yeah. So at that point, would the body be organic if it wasn't holding any trauma? Right. That's what I'm saying. It's like the right. body wouldn't exist. Okay. Would it not exist or would it just be different? The body as we know it would not exist. So right, be but a body. This is what we've been saying. A body could like. potentially exist. Yeah, I don't know. I think in this moment, in this conversation, for me, just where I'm sitting in my perspective of hearing you share what you're sharing, I feel like it's even what you're sharing is becoming a little bit dogmatic in your interpretation of words, and I'm not understanding the purpose or the value in doing that because I'm like, well, why is it becoming such a hard line in how we speak about this? Like we're, you're saying you agree, but you disagree. And I'm like, but what's the disagreeance? Like, what is that? Well, I just brought forward, I was asking about higher selves. I'm, I'm not even saying that you can't disagree. I'm just trying to understand the place that you feel like that doesn't align to what you think. Cause I was talking about higher selves and that's, that was the original um, reason that I started kind of going in a, a different direction. There was like, you were describing what you were saying about the multidimensional experience mm -hmm. and how there are multidimensional, like the different aspects of us in different dimensions versus having an anchor point and then accessing different dimensions from that space. Right. And then I well, was thinking, and the dimensions of the consciousness, like the dimensions of the experience right. of the consciousness having a physical body and all the dimensions that that entails between the consciousness and the physicality, mm -hmm. which is like the emotional body, the spiritual body, the mental body. Um, yeah. That's what I, that, I'm agreeing with you, body. but then I'm also like in the sense of like the, I was just raising questions about, no, I think that this is good because I was just raising and questions I think about should the, stay in here because I feel like us trying to work out something that we're not totally like, understanding i know i just don't want to bring more confusion to people no. that are listening well 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 and here's i thing. wasn't confused whenever i asked the question i felt like and and i still don't really feel very confused about what i was asking and i'm trying to explain to you like what i was yeah, saying is, i think i feel confused i was not disagreeing with the body being an anchor point and then what you talked about is well, the, the fractality the and the implosion and the, and the heart being i wasn't the, even really saying that the body's the anchor point you were talking about the heart I was talking about the plasma vortex of the heart being the anchor point and the physical dimension being just another dimension of 
how we're expressing our consciousness in this realm right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's what, that's what I was asking about the higher selves was like, well, I was talking about the other thing that you said of like existing in, cause well, I thought you I were saying, saying like that, that is the part that is a false ascension pathway. Okay. I thought you were saying that that's not real. No, I'm saying that, that, that people, happen. that's why I was no, like, I think that it does. Like, well, I think it, it does. And that's I, why I got, yeah. Yeah. I think it does. And I think that it can also happen, but I think people are skipping over first the embodiment of mm -hmm. the dimensions of the self and the integration of the dimensions of the self in order to have a multidimensional experience. I think that has to be kind of like a prerequisite mm -hmm. before we can actually come into fractality and exist in all the other dimensions. And that's what I'm talking about is that people are like, Oh, the multidimensional experience is existing in all these other dimensions. But first we have to integrate all the dimensions of our consciousness, consciousness expression here of the dimensions of the self, which is the physical dimension, the energetic dimension, the mental dimension, the uh, emotional dimension and the spiritual dimension. And all of those what Jody and I were talking about earlier today, all of those are actually colored by our trauma. So as we begin to heal, mm -hmm. we begin to integrate all of those dimensions of the self. And the anchor point is the plasma vortex of the heart space, which is the point of consciousness where we meet God through relationship, through the self. Mm -hmm. And once we begin to integrate all of that and become whole, as in a whole multi-dimensional being, then at that point we come into a moment of fractality where we do exist in all these other dimensions. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. it is. So it's I was exactly confused. How I feel. Okay, I think I wasn't clear. I think well, I, I think I, I caused agree the, with everything that you're saying. I, I got. I what, think I wasn't clear, and I caused the confusion because I wasn't clear. No. Where I was confused with. <laughs> Jody's like, no. like, no, he's confused. Or, no, no, no. What, That's not the, what I'm trying the, to the say. The place where I got confused was I thought you were saying that the other thing isn't actually happening or like. No, that. because look, here's the, here's the baseline. The baseline is that we're talking about consciousness being in multiple different dimensional spaces. But here's the truth of it. By and large, people are not even aware of what consciousness is. There's just a lot of fracturing out. So it's not like organically in our consciousness, we are truly existing in multidimensional spaces. Because the, we're traumatized and we can't. We right can't. Beings that actually exist in multidimensional spaces are those who've been able to completely um, live within that plasmic vortex and carry memory through death. And their light body, their plasmic body has now been relinquished back to source. And that consciousness is allowed to be shared mm -hmm. in multiple spaces. And yeah. So it's the shareable, what is it? The shareable, shareable wave, array, the shareable wave. Yeah. yeah. And so I, th that's what you're talking uh -huh. about that there, after we come together and we heal ourselves and we bring ourselves back into this um, centripetal space where the plasma body exists, once we're relinquished from the form of the body, then we become shareable. And mm -hmm. in that space, we could exist multidimensionally, right. literally. Because our plasma intelligence transcends throughout all dimensions right. as it travels back to source. Right. And you don't think so. that in the fracturing, you could, ex like, I agree with everything that you're saying. And 
No, I think it I, does. I agree I with everything that you're saying. This is what we've like, been talking. Yeah, about. like you're saying, I think that it does happen. But Jody, like Jody's saying, it's manufactured, and it does happen through fracturing. But whenever we start to heal and we come back into that centripetal motion, we start to regather those aspects of the self, reorganize them, and then come back into wholeness, and then back into fractality, and then we organically can occupy all these other dimensions. Right, and we would be conscious of that occupation. Right. In in a fractured state, we're not even conscious conscious of any other places where our consciousness is being used to uphold right. a false timeline. And so we do things like timeline work or people go looking at, you know, past life regressions or whatever to try to find pieces of themselves because their consciousness is not whole. And so even though they may be existing in different spaces, they are not aware of right. it. And that's not the true multidimensional experience. Right. We have to come back into wholeness first because the true multidimensional experience is being conscious of all of the places that we're occupying, but we're occupying them through fractality because we not are fractured. Right. Exactly. That's, yeah. what I, that's what I was trying to say. And I think I didn't say it correctly. Well, it's with. one of those things that whenever you begin to say it, it's like, it's just being said. Yeah. It's not, this is obviously taking time to actually flesh out. It's not like any, well, it's not like this is what I'm saying is everything that you guys just said is things that we've had conversation about and things that I agree with. I'm saying I got confused whenever I thought that you were saying that things like higher selves and other things like that, like weren't really going on or that they, like, oh, well, I think the higher self is actually a really good conversation. Here, yeah. Here's what I'm saying is like to exist multidimensionally in frat because you're fractured the all I was saying was like, I thought you were saying that that can't happen. No, that. that and I was thinking like, well, I agree with everything yeah. else that you were saying. And what <laughs> you were just saying too, is like, I I'm on the same page. Like I understand that. And I agree with that. And I think that that's what we've all been talking about. I just, I got confused because it's okay. I got confused. Too. I was hearing I was very confused. something else. I, I thought that you were saying that, um, those things aren't, possible because or for some reason i just thought you were saying like that doesn't happen or whatever and then i got confused about like oh the military programs like wait wait well what are these alters and what are these alter egos these other military experiments or things like what i experienced at the beginning of the year with like COVID and stuff like that and like being in two places that like whenever we dream and stuff it's like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. things like that and i'm just like well i i was trying to make sense of what i thought you were saying on the other hand because i knew what you were saying on this hand and i was like yes but on the other hand, I didn't, I didn't complete my thought and I apologize for the confusion. I think, I think the conversation around higher selves is probably a good one to have because I think that a, a lot of times when people are talking about higher selves, they're looking at this version of themselves outside of themselves that is more complete or more super supernatural or uh, better in mm -hmm. some way, mm -hmm. um, the superior being. And it, oftentimes they're separate from it. And I think that the higher self is actually, I don't know. I feel like that concept can be detrimental in some ways. I think it can be harmful. Um, especially if we're talking about centripetal motion and reorganization of our plasma intelligence, because that is, what I guess what we're calling it, the true higher self is when we come back into wholeness through that implosive force, restructuring, reorganizing the self, clearing out the trauma. Mm -hmm. And then that is the higher self. So I don't think it's actually outside of us. I think we, I mean, 
we talk about it and it's like, yes, we become it. And I think that logically we understand that, but we oftentimes in this work, people are contacting or having conversations with like their higher self. And it's like outside of them. It's not, I don't know that, that Mm -hmm. to me is just, it's not congruent Mm -hmm. in some way, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's something there too, that I feel it's like, there's more to understand about that because I think it does get used so much. And then people make contact and Mm -hmm. all this, or in session work, I would hear people say like, well, your higher self showed me blah, blah, blah. And yeah, it makes me feel like it's an entity that is like cloaked or something like that. That's like a, like a, like a false entity or, mm. or like a, something that's attempting to walk in or something like that is, is what it's making me feel like because the higher self is really, really, it's just you right now. And it's the embodied state of you in the present because the, all there is, is the present. Mm-hmm. It's making me think of something that I was thinking of earlier that around like protecting ourselves whenever we're on the spiritual journey, because it's going to go however it's going to go and it's going to take us in so many different directions. But I was thinking it does matter which modalities we use to go about how we do our work, um, but not as much as the hygiene by which we actually like do it. And I'm thinking about that whenever it comes to doing things like moving energy or working Mm -hmm. with like people want to work with crystals. Okay. Work with crystals. But if you're working with crystals better off, if you have all the information about the crystals that you're using, where they come from and use proper hygiene energetically, whenever you're connecting with different fields of consciousness or not just in the crystals, but, if you go to church and you want to be a part of a religion and subscribe to scripture, you know, it's for the best of everybody involved. If people understand the context of what they're actually learning about. This is, that's a blanket statement that has to just be laid over everything that we talk about, because that's the, that's the whole point. It's like, whatever you choose to do, whatever path you choose to take or whatever practice you choose to, um, dig into is like learn how to be a good question asker mm-hmm. you know like ask good questions and let yourself evolve yeah, like, through the process yeah like just start asking good questions you know and i think that's one of the biggest things i would find with people is like they would be struggling with a challenge or whatever and i'm like okay are you asking good questions in this process because it's what you're saying it's like start to understand what it is you say you believe do you understand it? Do you do you have an understanding, a grasp of what's holding that up, mm-hmm. or why you believe? Or do it? you have any even any experience, like lived experience with it, or are you adopting somebody else's lived experience? Yes, mm-hmm. yes, so good. Right? Is it you, or is it your ancestral memory? <laughs> oh, <laughs> so yeah, I think the higher self is another mm-hmm. is another conversation for us to have for another time yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. This was. This is actually a really good conversation. I'm glad that we have it. And I'm glad also, yeah. too, that there was a brief disagreement. That you had to flesh some things out. Yeah, I, I think that that's good. I like it. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that that happened. Because mm-hmm. it, I think it was just well, words. Well, it allowed, words. it allowed me to go deeper to try to articulate what it was that I was seeing and explain it more effectively and in depth rather than just saying what I said and then leaving it at that. I'm glad that you disagreed with me initially. And then we were able to 
flesh it out, talk it out. And I was able to ex- finish my thought because right. I actually just kind of left it where it was and I didn't actually finish my thought. Well, if you made it this far and um, still listening, thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing the space with us, being a part of this podcast. And um, hopefully you guys are enjoying each and every episode that we bring through and all these topics and all these conversations. And you guys are always welcome, like we always say, to reach out, to interact, to leave reviews, um, to connect with us on Instagram personally, Mm -hmm. uh, but also the Quantum Shit Show page on Instagram. And... um, Yeah, we enjoy bringing this conversation to you all. Well, will you bless us with the outro live? Let's do it.